0: Hello! Welcome back. It's Andrew Love here. And today is going to be a very interesting episode. It's about the blessing ceremony. And if you're part of the Family Federation movement, then you already know about this. But this episode then can clarify some very common misunderstandings about the blessing. And if you have no idea what I'm talking about, then prepare an extra pair of socks because your socks are going to get blown off. And your feet might get cold, so just have an extra pair just in case. We thank you for listening, as always. If you have any questions, reach out to us, as always, and we can be found at highnoon.org. As always, be well. Talk to you soon.
1: Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Love, Life, and Legacy. It's your hosts, Sammy Uyama and Andrew Love. We're here for a very special episode with you to share something that's near and dear to both of our hearts that we don't get an opportunity to share about uh, very often with such diverse audience. And uh, so that's what we're going to cover with you guys today about the blessing and what that means. What's that vernacular? And, uh, how it differs from marriage and why we think it's such a significant thing and something that we emphasize and put so much effort on as a focus of our work. How are you today, Mr. Love?
0: (laughs) So when I introduce us, I let you say your own name, Sammy. You didn't let me say my own name. Why can't I say my own name, Sammy? Why do you say my name?
1: Yeah, and it's actually very specifically because I feel it's so difficult to get the timing right for us to be able to say our names at the right moment, so I just figured I would save us that heart, that uh, that uh, dropping of the heart of whether we're actually connected and just cover both of our bases for us.
0: Fine, fine, fine. Control freak. Just kidding. Today, we will definitely be talking about something important and something that's pretty much most people outside of our own little bubble don't know about or they just know the meme about it. Uh, they, they Most people have no idea what the essence of this thing is, and that is the blessing, um, which is a ceremony, but it's also a way of life. And it really matters to us at high noon because everybody on staff is blessed, um, but also... Because it's a part of our mission statement about who, who, what we're trying to accomplish here. Because we're not just trying to stop people from watching porn. That's not a very good goal. Because then porn still exists. We want to create a society where porn is so utterly irrelevant that it just fades away and curls up like a little witch that had water put on it. Uh, her, I guess. There, she's. Um, and so that is by having such fulfilled relationships that you wouldn't even dare to think of anything else. Like if when your mind is totally focused on something, you're consumed by it. And when your heart is totally consumed by somebody, then you don't need anything else. And so that's what, what we're striving for. But Sammy, do you have the the quote on hand? Because I'd love to to read what what that is, you know, a radiant blessed couple.
1: Absolutely. I have that quote on hand for you, Mr. Love. May I have the honors?
0: Yes. Well, Sammy was just pointing out, I'm in an echoey room. We could try to change that or we could just deal with the fact that I'm in an echoey room. So let's just move on.
1: Yes. I, I hope that all of our listeners, all you ladies and gentlemen, you can cut us some slack for this episode. Andrew is in Malaysia right now, and it's just pretty amazing that we can connect this way and record this episode for you. So he did the best he could, finding a good quiet space. And that good quiet space happened to be quiet, I guess, because there's absolutely nothing in it. Moving on, are you ready for what is a radiant Plus couple? Yes. Yes, I am.
0: Are you asking me or are you the yes, audience? I, <laughs> like
1: I'm. I'm. Uh. Yeah. I'm waiting for someone to call in and to let us know that they're ready. So this is uh, something we, we labored on for many hours because it was at the heart of what we wanted to do and the focus of our work. And so we put a lot of love into this and it's something that inspires us to no end. So a radiant blessed couple is one that is dynamic, deeply bonded through love and care, tremendously intimate emotionally, physically, and sexually. They live to satisfy each other's needs and desires. The man is committed to the woman becoming her best self, and the woman is committed to the man becoming his best self. Together, they blossom as a true man and true woman. Full and not needing, they are givers. Standing before them feels like standing before God. Beautifully unique, their relationship glows, and their family radiates with love. All people want what they have, Heaven is created wherever they go and through whatever they do. Can I get a wow, Andrew, on that?
0: I'm in. I'm in. I'm sold. I'm sold. I want it. I want it. And so, yeah, wow. A big wow and a big that's what we're all about here. Um, We're trying our best to find as many ways as possible, as many shovels as possible to create as many roads as possible to this vision that we've just mentioned, which is a radiant blessed couple. And so um, in order for that to make sense, we have to talk about what is the blessing because it is very unique and it's different than marriage. Um, It's kind of like marriage on organic steroids. If there is a good version of steroids that's not steroids, it would be that. Uh, kind of like a superhuman version of a marriage, and mm. um, so let's first talk about the ceremony because that's extremely different. Um, Sammy, right, yeah, yeah. The what blessing, was the setting of your blessing?
1: Right. Yeah. So I get the blessing. There's like the the technicalities of how it's different, but then there's like the heart behind that, and that's actually the really moving thing and what we want to emphasize. But first, we'll get we'll paint the picture. Is that what we want to do?
0: Yeah, I want I want people to know what is there's the ceremony and then there's the life. So let's start with the ceremony.
1: Right. So, um, my blessing is that we want to talk about or the blessing.
0: Your blessing. Yeah.
1: My so my blessing. I you know growing up, I was in America at the time and I flew to Korea where uh, we had the blessing and we we do there's two separate parts there's a a, a matching and then there's a blessing and so. Um, how people end up in a matching, which is like, you know, basically you become engaged to someone, and there's a whole variety of different ways how people come across that. And so for myself, it happened to be that I was matched to my wife and I were matched to each other by um, our church's founder, Reverend Moon. and we had some time to get to know each other, introduce ourselves, and then decide whether we wanted to commit to this relationship. And so then we both agreed yes, and a few days later, we were uh, had our blessing ceremony, which was just in a big room. They had plastic chairs set up, and there's maybe 200 couples or so at the time getting blessed, and then all of their families. So, you know, it's a moderate, small, a few thousand people together in a big room, and the ceremony, happens and it's just uh it can be quite a surreal uh thing to to witness there's just uh you know if it's 200 couples so we have 400 people half of them wearing their their tuxedo their suit half of them wearing wedding dresses and all the women they spend they stay stay up all night doing their hair and makeup and it's uh that's i guess the short of what it looked like for me is that kind of what you had in mind andrew
0: yeah, I mean, it's it's you get married in the blessing with a bunch of other people, typically. Now, there's some people that do it locally, and there's maybe just them. They're, they're the only couple, but they typically will do it together via broadcast with thousands of other people around the world, and this is really shocking to a lot of people at first because it's the exact inverse of society, which is you spend... to have, you know, a thousand or two thousand or however many people at your wedding, and it's all about you celebrating you, 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 you. Whereas this um, scenario is you are with thousands of other couples, and it's not just about you, 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 it's about we, we, we. And some people are skeezed out by that because they're like, it ruins. It ruins the moment. It's not just about us. And I, I think in many ways, that's a really good start because you realize that it's not just about you because there is no just you. Obviously, as a couple, you're getting married and that's your special um, thing that you're creating. And that's the beginning point. And it's great to have uh, other people support you. And, and But at the same time, to do it, like I was in New York at the time. I was in Manhattan. I did it with maybe 50 other couples. And then we did it together with thousands of other couples in Korea and around the world. And to me, it was like, we're all in this together. And so the ceremony itself, just on the outset, is like it's always good for pictures. And the media always picks up the ceremony and says, look at these weirdos. Because it's so different. And apparently, different means weird, and weird means bad to a lot of people. But it's actually so much... To me, a a much better approach from just from that uh, perspective because A, it cost, I think, my fee was like two grand for I had, uh, my family was there. We all had an amazing banquet. We had, there's dancing. Plus it was like the most, imagine how happy one couple is when they're getting married. Now amplify that by 50 or 100 or when we have stadium blessings Say a thousand or two thousand couples. How excited everybody is to be doing this together. It's really it's an it's a totally different energy than you could ever experience. Did you experience that kind of uh, excitement and enthusiasm at yours, uh, Sammy?
1: Gosh, I honestly can't say to my, about mine. It was ten years ago, and it was such a blur. Um, <laughs> so, but what I can speak to is the. <laughs> funny timing on us recording this episode it's tuesday february 11th uh so it gives you an idea of how long it, the the timeline between when we record these and whenever it gets published i have no idea but just this past weekend on uh friday february 7th we just had uh the big blessing ceremony here in korea and it was in a stadium and there was i don't know how many a few thousand couples getting blessed exactly what andrew you're just uh, describing about and there's those are the couples, and then there's an additional twenty thousand people or so just observing and there to celebrate and participate in the festivities. And the energy there was electric. It's really remarkable. It's uh, one of the best things that happens each year. Is so many people coming together for a singular purpose that is so um, like inspiring and hopeful, and that everyone's really into. And that's you know knowing that a lot of people they've prepared really diligently their whole lives as a single person and they're finally making this transition into a couple and it's just, it's just filled with um, just it's a really significant event for people. It's like the difference between just doing something small scale versus it, it's just such but this giant thing, it's such a huge statement that um, yeah. we came you know we came here and we did our work you know, and we really prepared well. And so, us two people were coming together as a couple, and we're really launching forward. It's it's uh, it's not the ending; right? it's really a beginning point for a new chapter in people's lives. And it's just such a yeah. it's a great thing to to be a part of.
0: And also, so that that brings something up too, because there are also couples there at blessings that um, that have already been married. And this is one of the key differentiators is that you can be married and go to the blessing. And it's uh, like a rededication ceremony. And what happens there is you take it from, you know, everybody goes into marriage with different motivations, um, different reasons. Uh, But when you are agreeing, essentially you're agreeing until death do us part which now isn't really taken seriously because it's, you know, one hand crossed with the fingers crossed behind your back and just hoping that it works out. And if it doesn't work out, divorce. Before it was a lot more serious. But now marriage, it can mean a variety of different things. But when you go to the blessing, you're doing this specifically for your couple is – committing before all these other people in the stadium with together with all these other couples that your marriage, the health of your marriage represents the health of this world because the the world is made up of individuals and the, everybody's born from a family or from a couple and the health of that couple really determines the health of that individual and then they go out into the world and bring the best of themselves or they bring a bunch of baggage. And so... It represents committing in front of God, who started this tradition of love. Like where did love come from? It's it's plugging into God, the source of love, and then committing in front of all these people and in front of your spouse and in front of their family and friends and all that, that you will take the this marriage as serious as the health of the world. And and it's kind of like a serious thing, but it's also joyful. Uh, and so because of that you get this you get this mix of idealism because you're talking about world level cosmic level stuff that that the whole purpose of the cosmos is because of love and that this marriage represents the formation of two people starting a love together and if they're committed then all possibilities lie in that marriage but then you also have this kind of steadfast seriousness and some people who know that you know marriage is filled with ups and downs obviously there's a lot of lovey-dovey stuff but there's a lot of fighting and if you look at statistics you know there's a lot of divorce out there so people are also coming in with that awareness but with a determination to make this count because it's not just about them it's about the people that they bring into this world through having babies but it's also about their couple if they radiate which is goes back to the the uh, thing that Sammy just read, our vision, if they have a couple that radiates, it's like they give out, they exude love and they empower this world. They give out energy. They they give out like an abundance of all good things to this world. And that happens when you really learn how to generate love, become generators of love instead of just hoping that love works out and like treating it haphazardly. So, Embedded in the blessing is the understanding that love is not just—it doesn't just happen, but it's created, and it's—it takes work. But that's—that's that's the work of the blessing. Um, so you have there's education prior to even going to the blessing, so that you have a, a, a that you're going into with a sober mind. And not everybody does it. Okay, there are people that do cut corners. So definitely, not every blessing is perfect. But the intention and everything is really set up clearly. For you to step up to the plate and say, I take this person with my whole heart to not death do us part because we don't believe that. And the blessing is about eternally blessed that you are going to be with this person eternally and that you're going to work out all, you know, iron out any, any creases and, and that you're going to treat this person like your king or queen for eternity. And that's gangster. It's really gangster. When people get it, it's gangster. If they don't get it, it's weird.
1: So that's... that's. I love it. Just the the different context for a relationship and its place in the world. It's really beyond just these two people and their lives, but that there's a ripple effect and the connection that's inherently there between uh, all of humanity and the, the mm. contribution that a couple's able to make to that. So I'm wondering... Uh, where did this, where does this come from? Like this blessing, it, it just, where did it appear from? And when did it, and at, at which, in which way, and went forth? And <laughs> just how did it come to exist? You know, maybe we can share a little bit about that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, the, the religious, I mean, it's essentially a religious ceremony um, because it has invisible implications, right? So when you deal with the invisible realm, uh, I mean, which love is essentially invisible. But it talks about um, in, back in 1960, the first blessing was held and the what we call the True Parents, Reverend and Mrs. Moon, were in charge of making that happen. And it was like, how do you take human beings who are clearly in a state of discord with themselves, fighting with our own minds, fighting with each other, constantly at war, How do you take them and bring them back to our original state, which is peace? Like, you can clearly tell that humans are meant to, they're designed to live in a peaceful state. Because when you're not in that state, everything starts to break down mentally, physically, emotionally. You start to break down when there's there's discord. So how do you bring people back into the state that they were meant to be? You can't just... Wave a wand. So this blessing ceremony really came from the true the formation of who we call the true parents, which are the really the the they're not the only true parents. We're all meant to become true parents. That's one thing that people don't understand. That they are just the the first to the finish line. And that finish line is creating marriage centered on God and a family centered on God and a life centered on God. And God, not the caricature of God, a man in a beard, but God, the man and woman energy that created the entire cosmos so that we can vibrate at the same kind of level and appreciate God as our parent and then become God to our children and pass on the tradition of godliness instead of the tradition of dysfunctionality lying and cheating, hurting and stealing, like this, this whole thing that we end one tradition and one way of living which humanity has been used to and the True Parents came to start a new tradition to resurrect this, the, the way that we were meant to be, to dust off the human beings that we were meant to be. So it started off with just a few couples and then it grew to more couples and more couples and more couples until it hit a worldwide level um, in the 70s and 80s, and then 90s, there were like, you know, there are already stadium blessings happening. Um, and then now recently in the past, you know, uh, especially the past 10 years, it's really the emphasis of blessings is less about people who are in the unificationist faith and more about letting people from every faith experience the blessing. And so there's been a really strong push to to open up the blessing to all people, um, to for this ceremony and to have a blessed life. This is I'm trying to summarize like eons worth of content in a in a short soundbite.
1: And what I what I can really appreciate about uh, what you just shared is that a lot of conversations to be had around this topic. There's there's uh, understandings and beliefs about what is our relationship with God meant to be like uh, what's, what's humanity's position in the universe. And there's a lot of things that get, that just got touched on what you said. And so there's like, each of yeah. those is like a topic <laughs> in itself. And then you get That's to right. the point like, okay, yeah, I, I, I agree with that. And then, okay, I agree with that. And then, then you can kind of get to the point where, oh yeah, this blessing makes sense then. So, uh, yeah, you just did a, a really hard job in a very short amount of time.
0: Well, there's a lot, there's a lot there because there's, you know, there's a lot of misinformation and there's a lot of lore and a lot of confusion, you know, uh, from within those who have been blessed and from those who are just getting to know it. But like I've been through it. I went from uh, my whole life, I knew nothing about it. And then I was introduced to it and then I went through it. And I can really see that this blessing can be whatever you want it to be. Um, and if you want it to be your your way to um, a family that is exactly the family of your dreams, then that's absolutely up for grabs if you're willing to do the work. But that's that's one one delineation I'd like to make is that the blessing ceremony is not a fix-all. And some people really treat it like that. They say, oh, if I go to this because it's this religious ceremony, because it's got God and you're committing and there's you know, some mystical stuff that happens for some people and blah, 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 then it's, then it's that, that's it. And I, I always, that's like you said, Sammy, that's not the, that's not the finish line. That's the starting line. And that's when you, your journey as a blessed couple begins and creating a blessed family. And that's when the rubber hits the road. And part of the blessing too is like, what, what being in a marriage does is it it brings everything up to the surface, stuff that you didn't even know you had inside you because you're just constantly grinding it out with this person for better or for worse. And you can see how, like, in in my blessing, I've I've seen the best of myself and how I can be a, an incredibly giving person even when I think most people would quit. But I also see that I'm an incredibly judgmental person that that can really criticize my wife way too much and make her feel bad. So it's like... You're committing with the blessing to live a life committed to the fact that your family represents the entire world and beyond, even the cosmos. And that you can't expect world peace to exist if your family's at war. And and that, you know, the kingdom of heaven starts within the family. That's like that's a huge concept that I think you know, I'd I'd rather discuss, because it's very practical, because if we get into the theological stuff, I think it'd be very easy to get lost in the weeds, but like, how do you see it? How do you, what's the practical way that you live out the blessing, Sammy? For somebody who doesn't know what the blessing is, like, how does being blessed rather than married, how does that play out on the day-to-day in your life? Mm.
1: Yeah, that's a great question, and so I think when, one thing that I love what you just said, and because we just kind of hyped up this amazing event that happens in <laughs> a person's life, and uh, then people might be wondering, okay, then what happens after that? and And what happens the next day is that you go back to your everyday normal life, and things are exactly how they were before, and you just have a relationship with someone at this point, and you have a ring on your finger. And uh, you deal with the same issues that come up in any form of relationship. So uh, in all regards, it looks like and can be treated as a marriage. So um, in a day-to-day sense, it's really easy to to kind of get swept up into the practicalities of life. And so um, for us, I mean, so that's when all those things become very useful too, like best practices for how to invest in your relationship and your marriage and make each year, better than it was to the one prior, and so I guess how I keep the 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 hope right, and then and then the, that spark of inspiration of what the blessing represents, how I keep that alive in in my wife and I's relationship is that, um, I and I guess it's connected to why I was even interested in be, in getting blessed from the beginning is that. I was inspired, and I am inspired by what the blessing represents, and everything that you just shared on Andrew about the blessing being more than just about a relationship between two individuals, but that the blessing is kind of the manifestation. It's it's like no, it's the fruition of uh, and the natural progression of a man and a woman's um, growth process is that they go through this period of growth and development in their life and preparation and then they begin this relationship with someone and this is the the like the manifestation of representing god physically and becoming a godly person and that's as a man representing the masculine nature of god and the the woman representing the feminine nature of god and these two forces coming together and um, it really uplifts the 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 position, of, or like what the the value that human beings hold, it's not, and then the relationship that uh, that we have with God, it's not like a master servant kind of relationship that a lot of people have this concept of, but that we're actually co-creators with God, and that we uh, we play this really important role in the universe, and that um, the blessing can connect is what connects us to that. Uh, so mm. that was really inspiring for me. It, uh, if anything, made me feel more important about the, pl- the the role I played in the world.
0: Absolutely. Well, it seems like, you know, each couple is embodying God. I mean, the, the real goal, and it sounds lofty, and for some people it sounds heretical, but if you really think about it, um, you know, one of the main struggles for agnostics or atheists is, you know, the fact that God is intangible and one thing that we are striving for is to make God real in in us and that God's going to manifest in different ways. Um, And one distinction, you know, really, especially in in recent years in our movement, it's like we started calling God Heavenly Parent because God doesn't have a penis. God is like dual, both man and woman. Like how, how could you say that God is a man? We are used to saying he, but God is beyond time and space. So that would probably mean beyond gender but not that God is just this uh, slug, this, uh, I forget what they're called, Uh, hermaphrodite, I think, Uh not like that, but that God is the harmonious balance of both sides of the coin, and that we are created in a way where we start off as one individual, either man or woman, and then come together with the other person to form a singular entity. And that happens when when harmony happens. There's there's no distinction between you and your spouse. It really is. You think as one. You, you Their pain becomes your pain. Their love becomes your love. Um, you really feel them and you become one, but it takes a lot of effort. And when you're in that state, you absolutely become God to your children for a while, but you're Exemplifying the virtues that God that that clearly humans are meant to have, which is you know giving, loving, serving. Um, when we're in that state, we are the actual embodiment of God. That's not to say we are God, but we're the representation. Like it's not that like God just wants to sit up and control us from above, because the old yeah we God would have just made a, a a universe filled with robots instead. It's that we're working together with our ideals to form a love that wouldn't otherwise exist. And I just wanted to say quickly, um, uh, two weeks ago, I had probably one of the worst weeks I've had in a really, really long time. And our family, we were meant to fly together to Malaysia, where we, we now are, um, and our plane got canceled. Then all three of our kids got sick, really high fevers, two times each in one week. Like when we thought it was all over and phew, we caught our breath, the fever came back. And in that moment, I was just a total wreck. It, the worst of me showed up and I started fighting with my wife. And when we were fighting, um, I said something that I I don't necessarily regret, but I'm not proud of. Um, and I said that if it weren't for the blessing, I, I don't know if I could survive our our marriage, right? I just felt like I, I'm so committed to even in, when, when I just can't stand my circumstances, I'm still committed to making them work. And after that moment, it took another two weeks before we really patched things up. And then we really, now I, I feel closer to her than ever, but I just wanted to bring that up because it's like it, my commitment, your commitment to the blessing and what it represents needs to transcend even the individual that you're blessed to. Because I'm committed to making our marriage, which is the entity of both my wife and I, work. Even when I don't understand my wife and I just want to like punch my face because I don't understand, like, what are you talking about? It's not about her. It's about us. And it's about the health of our marriage and what that represents for our children and for this world. So, in that, it's very lofty, but it's also extremely practical that that got us through a really dark night of the soul. That was like one of the worst weeks we've had in our marriage. And it got us through that week because I realized that this week's going to end, this difficult time's going to end, and I'm going to be left with how I acted during this week. So. I just wanted to bring that up because it's, it's like uh, sometimes the blessing and what it represents seems so big, um, but it can be used in a very practical way. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, and you actually just emphasized the point that I, I wanted to make myself was that your question was, "What do we do day to day to bring the blessing alive up in our lives?" And you know, actually, honestly, day to it, day, it's pretty normal and. Um, well, that, Like what you just emphasized and what I wanted to say was that I get annoyed at my wife and for her, like leaving clothes on the floor in the living room and all this particular stuff that I'm picky about and is nagging her. And uh, those things happen. So, you know, being blessed doesn't immu- immunize yourself from, you know, being kind of a dickhead sometimes and just being, you know, being self-centered and. You know, just wanting, demanding things that thing, demanding that things always go your way, but that's the thing to all that, uh, like what you just said, and for me, like what I always go back to is who this person is for me. You know, it's not just the person that I wanted to be in a relationship with because you know I like how they make me feel, or I like what they do for me, or you know what my life becomes. You know, like how my life looks because they're in it. But you know, this is the person that I committed to manifesting God with, and that she's the person that represents a certain quality of God. And through our relationship, you know, that becomes the the, the pool or the, the 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 whatever you want to call it, where God flows. Yeah, and you know, that's what we're striving for.
0: Yeah, that's it's like. Uh... I like what you said. I like what you said. And the the whole thing about doing the work a, a, ahead of time. Like if you are single and you want to be in a happy marriage eventually and you want to form a the type of family that you are excited to wake up to and hang out with. It really matters how much you work on yourself and becoming a mature, giving, loving, selfless person ahead of time because uh you will always come into marriage with some sort of baggage. Um, That's just the way the world is. Ideally, in the future, people won't won't have so much baggage. They'll be much more giving and loving, but um, that's what you're coming into, and it's not about coming out of the gates perfect. And this is one huge distinction, is that most marriages start out because people are in love and they have a lot of emotions flowing and then when times get tough, <clears throat> they question it. They question, why did I get married? I thought I knew you. I thought I knew you. But you are not the person I married. You've changed. Divorce. And that's, that's the standard. That's what we can kind of expect from, especially the Western world. Um, whereas, yes, people are going to, when the chemicals wear off and y- the euphoria starts to dissipate a little bit, uh, and you start to really see this person with sober eyes, instead of idolizing them and and lifting them up to be something that they're not, um, which is what we do when we're in love with them. Uh, you instead of being freaked out by saying, "Oh my goodness, who, who is this person?" It's it's a much better thing to realize this as a limitation of yourself. That wait a second, I need to learn how to love the real version of them instead of this make-believe version that I made up in my head that I that I thought I fell in love with. And that, the skill, the, if I could summarize this soliloquy and very quickly, it's like the skill of learning how to create love is the greatest skill in the world because most people who just fall in love, they fall out of love because they don't know how to make that love happen again. It was circumstantial. It was a random. And that's how most people live their lives. But the blessing embedded into its purpose is that you don't just live off of chemicals, but that you're committed to creating and recreating more and more love as the years go on, regardless of your circumstances. And it's not a myth. It's possible. Like my wife once had somebody tell her that like the, the way that most people start out is that it's very hot in the beginning, like in, in normal culture. They, everybody's in love. There's a lot of emotions. It's very hot, but then it explodes and then the people end up very far apart in the end. Whereas in in this situation, in the blessing, it's it's more common that people start out a little bit further away. Not Some people might start in love, but it, it's inconsequential where you start. It's how much the person has worked on themselves and where you want to go because you will end up there. And if you learn how to love with intention, you'll be definitely in love. Like the Wolfenburgers are a great example. They're totally opposite in every way and they love each other. They really are one in so many ways. Obviously, they still have their unique characteristics and and quirks and that, but as a couple, their relationship is so solid because they have that commitment to the relationship. Mm.
1: Yes. I uh, I just over the weekend listened to this uh, seminar on creating a fit marriage. And one of the quotes that the presenter opened up with really resonated with me was that it's not about finding the right person in a relationship. It's about creating love with the person that you're with.
0: Mm, yeah. Yeah. And that's, so there's another quote by somebody somewhere in another workshop that I went to <laughs> that was like, Com- commitment unlocks all the magic. So it's not that you worry about the love, it's you worry about the commitment and committed to experiencing love too. It's not just about working and grinding and and being, you know, just like marriage is work for sure, but the work should also result in joy and in satisfaction and that but that has to be a metric that you work towards every day because you, chances are your spouse is not exactly like you in fact it would be terrible if they were because you wouldn't grow they will have different things that they different movies that they like to watch different you know small things but big things different emotions that they experience when they when they observe stuff and to learn how to actually care about another person deeply and consistently is effort it takes effort because of the way we are, but also especially the way that our culture is, it really challenges us to be selfish. But we're going in the opposite direction with the blessing, which is we're, we're trying to live selflessly, really serving the other person. And it's really hard. Uh, you know, it's really, really hard. But when you do it and you do it right, it's like you'll reach a level of love and connection that is not accessible any other way other than that work.
1: So is that a, a um, tradition in the unificationist faith is this matching process, which is basically engagement period, but it's the process of finding this this person that you're going to commit this kind of relationship to and then get blessed with. And that has evolved over the years uh, like really drastically how that goes about. And so I guess one of the things that our faith would be known for is these doing these mass weddings is one. And then the other would be uh, arranged marriages. And so back in the day, 30, 40, 50 years ago now, everything was um, these, these, these matching processes and people were arranged, their marriages were arranged by, um, by true father, by Reverend moon. And that's how, the majority of people um, had their spouse and then uh, people committed to that. And that continued for years and years and years. But then it slowly started to, uh, he kind of stepped back from that role. And, you know, what he said was that the the original and the ideal is that it's a family affair and that parents are the ones that, you know, they raise their children and they're a part of this process of helping their child to transition to the next stage of their life, to becoming um, an independent entity and becoming their own family and getting blessed. And so it's something the parents began to have responsibility over, and then they worked together with their children. And so that's kind of like the ideal model. And in reality, it looks many different ways. And so like myself, what I had mentioned earlier, so I was, my wife and I were matched in this kind of arranged marriage. Um, and we are basically maybe the last we're like the 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 last of the old guard, and I think maybe a year later that process ended entirely, and everything became uh, uh, up and actually before that was already introduced, and so it was, it was at that point already most people they were kind of going through these more courting kind of processes where they would um, get to know someone, they'd spend months talking to each other and having like a very a platonic relationship just uh, as an inquiry and getting to know each other and being able to decide whether they wanted to be, to commit to a relationship with one another. And there's, you know, different people involved in supporting them and mentoring them and making sure that, uh, they were asking each other the right questions and like what kind of things to look for. And, uh, that, that was very active already. And so, um, my wife and I were one of the last to go through that kind of old traditional process. And, uh, nowadays, that's basically how it looks entirely. It's that, uh, there's different degrees of um, young, like sing, a single person. How involved their parents are. Some, it's uh, parents are just like uh, you know, let me know. Like uh, wait, trust it, you'll find someone. And other people, they want their parents to be very involved. And it, so it it can it's across the whole gamut, and it's impossible just to describe all the different ways.
0: I think the key word is oversight. Um. And that's something that I really, really love about this process because I didn't, my parents are not in the movement. And so I had what's called a matching advisor, which is just somebody that I could plug into um, that could help me look for somebody. They got to know me. And then they became like my agent and they started like, You know, in the Jewish faith, they have matchmakers. Uh, So it was was so nice because I had somebody who represented me and was kind of actively looking for somebody for me. But I also had a bunch of kind of elder figures that were in the position of like an aunt to me who during the process, after I had found somebody, were really checking to make sure that I, I was keeping kind of like the right motivation because... Um you can definitely get lost in your own world when you start getting into a relationship just just making it all about you and your needs and and kind of forgetting that this other person was raised by people and had a lot of investment put into them time and money and uh, love and everything and you can f- discount all that just for your wants and your needs especially when it comes to sexuality that you just just like uh you know <laughs> Just got to stay focused. And so um, oversight was really, really, really helpful because I find that when most people are left to their own devices, they just fall in love and they create this really difficult situation where they let their emotions lead them headfirst into each other. And then when the emotions get confusing or inconsistent, then everything starts to fall apart. Meanwhile, they've never consulted anybody and, and it's always just been about them. And they think, oh, because it's just me, it's my life. But no, you and your life impact many other people, especially the other person in, that you're in the relationship with and how that ends. That's gonna implicate their entire future, but also their family, their friends, their work, their, the people that rely on them and you. Everybody's affected, so why not consult with a team of people while you're going through the learning to commit to somebody process. And I had, you know, a team of maybe four or five people that were really like checking in with me, making sure that I was okay and and asking how I was doing and also checking out this woman and seeing, how, how you know, like they were forming their own opinions about this whole scenario. And I didn't have to listen to anybody. I'm, I'm an adult. I was an adult at the time. But I wanted to because I realized that up until that point, I had been in relationships. And guess what? None of them worked out. So why not try something different? Why not try something new? And especially something that has a track record of working, which is, you know, having this type of oversight. So I loved it. It wasn't always comfortable because, you know, you don't always get to do what you want. Sometimes you have to acquiesce to the, the knowledge and wisdom of somebody else. And it's not, you, like a little kid. is like, I want to eat chocolate for dinner. Well, shut up and eat this broccoli, right? It's the same thing when you're going through this process. Dating is have dessert first, have dessert second, dessert, 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 and then you get sick, and then you can't eat dessert anymore. And that's how most relationships. But this is like, you know, eat a lot of broccoli first, and when the time is right, when the situation you know presents itself that's when dessert is available to you but not until then and i and i it was it was really a discipline that i had not ever developed but i appreciated like crazy and it that, that was the foundation for me having this almost 10 year marriage that i absolutely could not have forged myself out of nothing it needed to come from somewhere so that was part of the you know, the matching is different for everybody, but oversight is really, I think, one of the main key ingredients to a successful matching, which is that you have somebody or a team of people working with you throughout the process and that you don't get too emotionally involved with somebody until you're ready to commit to that person. All right. So, this, I mean, this is a massive topic, and I hope we've given you a decent picture of what is the blessing. We could honestly just do a podcast just about the blessing. It's that deep of a conversation. We will revisit this topic. You know, we will revisit masturbation. We will revisit all these topics because we're dealing with massive, you know, centuries-old issues that we cannot be addressed in 45 minutes or so. So, we will come back and, and and go deeper into this topic, but I hope that you have a better feel for what this is. And if you already knew about the blessing, I hope you have a stronger sense of how you can move ahead with clarity. Um, so, I hope this was helpful, as always. Sammy has a bunch of noise in his background. Because of the blessing, he had a little bit of sexual activity with his wife, and they made a child, and that child is presently screaming in the background. So... Uh, I will just say thank you so much for listening. Um, We love the fact that we're getting such a good response from the podcast. We ask that you get the courage to give us some feedback give us a po- give us a review love us up on social media tell your friends about it if you're getting value chances are somebody else will too we can't get to everybody ourselves part of this is sharing and people will share videos about cats but it's hard to share videos about pornography and difficult topics we know but we ask that you have the courage to really share with other people to like you know, especially on iTunes would help, but wherever you got this, give us, you know, a good review and and share us. And uh, not for our sake, but for the sake of getting this message out into the world. So thank you so much for listening. We love you. Please let us know if you have any questions or comments and we'll get back to you very shortly. We're pretty good about that. Take care. God bless you.